Welcome to the Sexual Mindfulness Project podcast, where we talk about creating an intentional relationship and how to find joy in slowing down, letting go of judgment, and connecting more deeply with your partner. I'm Dr. Shalom Levitt, and today I'm here with Amber Price, Rebecca Clark, and Jenna Lawler. We're going to start with a quote from Esther Perel. Uh, she's written a book called Mating in Captivity um, that's really an excellent read. But at one point she says, we want our chosen one to offer stability, safety, predictability, and dependability. And we want that very same person to supply awe, mystery, adventure, and risk. So th- this is really interesting, this paradox that we feel in committed relationships. Um, as I teach you know, conferences all over the world, it's interesting to me that people, who, whether they've been married a year or 50 years, will have this sense that, oh, now my, my relationship has run smooth and there's no excitement. Um, and, and we have this, this fear that we become bored in marriage. And in reality, What's so interesting is that nothing could be further from the truth, that once we're married, here is this safe, committed environment wherein we can actually have the freedom to truly know each other, to really explore this person that we're devoted to. And likely that's going to take a lifetime to accomplish And so that's what we're going to talk about today is keeping that passion alive in your marriage, despite the running smooth in your relationship, you know, the familiarity that you have with each other. What are your thoughts on that, you guys? You know, one really interesting study that looked at the components of great sex, the researchers just asked people who were in uh, long-term committed relationships you know what are the what are really the components of great sex if you if you were to look at a oh like a tabloid or a piece or like a magazine or something and and get your best tips and tricks you know how do those differ from what really is tried and true and one of the main things uh that they found is that just a, a deep sense of connection and alignment in a relationship was um was a component of, of being able to have great sex. And so I think sometimes we, we look at, like, like you're saying, Shalom, we look at familiarity and think, oh, this could be boring or whatever. But I think we can look at that differently and, and sort of maybe head toward it instead of away from it. Um, in, in seeking novelty or whatever, we could head into it and think how, how can I become even more connected to this person um, knowing that that connection is actually going to enhance and increase our intimacy? Along those same lines, I was thinking, um, you know, maybe when we first get married or are with our partner, we kind of expect the body to just take over and, you know, there's sparks or butterflies or whatever you want to call it. And then when those die off, sometimes we might be like, well, what happened? You know, I've just lost, I've lost it all. And instead we maybe need to recognize, no, that's a normal and natural part. That's going to happen. And that's okay. And then you have to put in this effort, like Rebecca was talking about for the connection and for the passion and things. And you don't just let your body do the driving. You know, we've got a blog post on um, that the brain is 
the most powerful sex organ. You know, you've got to engage in this. You've got to work together. You've got to um, come to some agreement. And that's going to continue throughout your entire marriage. It's not just, oh, shoot, the passion's gone. That's that. You know, it's it's an ongoing process. I love the idea you bring up about deciding that with your spouse and figuring out what works. There's a quote that I love from an article and they interviewed a woman who had low sex drive and they asked them kind of what contributed to that. And it's, it's a really fantastic article that goes into some of the things that they struggled with was familiarity. You know, they felt like it wasn't as exciting anymore or that their roles as a mother, as a wife, um, kind of overshadowed their individuality and that also resulted in them struggling in their sexual relationship. But this one quote says, too much familiarity and intimacy may lead to boredom and too much experimentation and sexual objectification may lead to alienation and emptiness. And so with that, like it's a balance, you know, you want to change up your routine sometimes and, and have that sense of spontaneity and um, and excitement. But like Rebecca said, there's nothing wrong with familiarity. There's nothing wrong with knowing your spouse in that way and knowing them so well. And you can kind of use that as a good thing and just be grateful that you know that person more than anyone else. And kind of figuring out as a couple where on that, on that kind of continuum works for you as a couple on the continuum of you know, spontaneity and familiarity. Yeah, you know, being someone who's been married for 30, almost 32 years, I feel like my husband and I know each other really well, but there is so much more to learn. And I think, like like all of you were saying, um, this is a decision we make daily, whether or not we're going to let our relationships become boring or dull. Um, it, we have a choice. Are, are we going to see each other a new can can I see the man that I married and not just this guy that I think I know all of his routines and and the routine is is predictable like I always know what he's going to think sometimes it's good for us to like you guys have suggested change that up I just the other day my husband said something about oh we were in a conversation and uh he said, oh, I bet you hated it when that person said, you know, fill in the blank. And I paused for a second, realized I didn't hate it. Probably, you know, most of the time I would, but something had changed in me and, and that comment didn't bother me. And so my husband and I were just talking about um, how I've developed a little bit. I've changed in ways that he was unaware of. And so it created this newness again in our relationship. So, I mean, I think there are many things that we can do to help us create newness. Probably the most important is by being vulnerable, to become more authentic, um, to be more vulnerable in what we disclose in our relationship to let our spouse see some part of us that we've kind of kept hidden that we've, that we've felt is maybe unacceptable or we would get disapproval for it. And instead take that risk to share that and create this newness again in your relationship. You know, there's this great um, quote in this in this research article about the components of great sex that says 
the possibility of revealing themselves on all levels to a sexual partner in a situation of complete trust and acceptance was exquisite for participants. There's a lot of research that talks about how much uh, satisfaction is gained by being in a committed sexual relationship rather than, um, you know, a one night stand or whatever, that this committed knowing your partner can really free you up in many ways and that that can lead to not only knowing them, but kind of learning about yourself too and, and understanding who you are. Why do you think that is, Rebecca? Why would being able to disclose something about myself that had been so hidden that I was afraid about, why would that create this exquisite pleasure or, you know, intimacy? You know, I think it comes down to the, the fact that we all want to be known, that we all want to be connected. I think in so many matters of, of love and, and life that it it really hinges on the fact that we want and we yearn for connection and acceptance. And to be with somebody who really knows you, I think that that offers something that transcends a sort of, you know, mere acquaintanceship or, or something where you can truly be yourself and they accept you and embrace you maybe in spite of it. I think there's a real power there of, of intimacy. And I think that is the magic of uh, maybe sexuality and intimacy that we feel known. Rebecca, I was just thinking about that, how amazing it is that within a committed relationship, within a committed marriage, you can just let go and be yourself. The other day, my husband and I were driving in the car and I'm not a very good dancer, but I love to dance. And so we turn the radio up, I'm dancing, I'm singing. And it was just such a good feeling to know that my husband sitting next to me, he loves me. He knows I suck at dancing, but, but he accepts me. And I had so much fun. And, you know, I didn't open myself up to other people that I had dated that way because I was embarrassed about my dancing. And I think you can take that to the bedroom and see that, you know, when you're with someone who you know is going to love you no matter what, you know is going to accept you in every aspect and every flaw. And you can try new things. You know, you can switch up who initiates sex. You can experiment a little bit. And, and as you discuss it with your partner and figure out what you both feel comfortable with, but just knowing that you can, you're free to be yourself, like you said, you're free to be authentic, but also that you can, you can try new things and not be embarrassed if maybe it's a little bit awkward at first or if you mess up or something, kind of like a dance move, like, oh, I'm trying this dance move for the first time. You can, you can apply that to a healthy sexual relationship and, and have that and know that even if it doesn't work out the way that you thought it might, that, you know, it's okay. You can laugh about it and move on and have a great experience. I think those are some really good ideas, Jenna. I, in fact, it reminds me of, you know, there's, there's a number of things we can change up if things are becoming kind of dull. Um, then, you know, change up, like you said, who initiates or when you have sex. Maybe if you always have a routine that you have it at this time of day, change it up and have, uh, you know, have sex at a different time of the day or, or in a different place um, or with a different environment or, you know, try a different position. There's all sorts of things, depending on how creative the two of you 
want to be. Um, and in fact, give each other permission to be more creative than maybe you've ever been in the past and say, you know what, I'm just going to think of something fun we can try in sex today. And just knowing that your partner is thinking about something fun to do uh, in, in your sexual relationship, that alone is going to be really um, erotic. You will feel something different about your partner because of that. It's interesting, too, to think of the meanings we give sex and sort of this idea that um, familiarity is problematic for sex. I think that's a, a meaning that's really given to sex by media, really. Like, I think it's flashier, it's quicker, whatever, to to depict on, on a movie screen, you know, the first time that people get together or whatever. And yet I think there's such, there's so much richness on the other side of, of familiarity where you can kind of um, be more kind of exploratory and safe and uninhibited. Um, and I think looking at sex as a means of bringing the meaning to sex in your relationship I think that that has a lot to do with the levels of passion that you can reach. Um, if the meaning of sex is this is our job and this is we need to work, um, this is something that we are duty bound to do because we are married. I think that's different than if you're looking at it to enhance your closeness or if you look at it as play um, or discovery. I think if if we change sort of our expectations about what sex means to us, I think that that can really help um, increase passion. I love that. I love that you kind of connect it to play. Um, I was just talking to my three-year-old the other day and she was saying something about play. And uh, I said, you know what, Emma? Playing is important because it's good work. And uh, so she's been repeating that all over. And I think it's exactly the right message for people who maybe have let, you know, routine take over in their relationship. Understand that playing is important. It's important work in your relationship. Otherwise, your relationship really will suffer. Um, you, will, you will have some negative outcomes if we ignore the playfulness in our relationship. Ever since a few minutes ago, Shalom, you said, uh, you know, you've been married for 32 years and you're still discovering things about your spouse. And it kind of triggered in my mind, well, I'm 41 years old and I'm still discovering things about myself during this, right? Like, I don't know myself as well as I sometimes think I do. You know, two years ago, if you had told me I'd be doing what I'm doing at this very moment, I never would have believed it. I'm learning stuff about myself. And I just was thinking as you all were talking, um, you know, we can get into routines with ourselves and just in our household chores and things as well. Um, but I just think, you know, as a mom, you can get into that, that routine of I'm just changing diapers and I'm making dinner and I'm cleaning the house and it can, you can kind of almost lose some of who you are in that. And that can be really problematic, I think, in your relationships also. Um, and when you can really find things that you're passionate about that aren't just the routine things, your passion is going to carry in all areas of your life. That passion for whatever it is, it might be playing tennis, it might be dancing, it might be learning a new skill, whatever it is, that's going to light a fire in you that's going to carry in your sexual relationship, but throughout all of your relationships, I think. I like that. I was going to talk about um, a, a couple of pieces of research that I think are um, 
important for us to talk about in, in terms of keeping passion alive. First of all, the, the idea that married couples actually have more sex than single individuals. Uh, we, we really like to glamorize this single life and say, oh, you know, now I've got the ball and chain and, you know, my sex life is, is gone. Actually not true. We know that not only do married people have more sex, they have more satisfying sex. So there really is something to the fact of knowing this person at many, many levels that, that creates in us uh, this environment where we can really create intimacy. We can know this person. And like we've been talking about, we can let go. We can have this, this complete understanding of each other that creates not only physical pleasure, but emotional pleasure. And then there's another piece of research by Forbes, and uh, they talk about how sex actually, if we control for a few uh, different variables, people who consistently over the decades of their life, people who consistently put in time and effort into their relationship have higher and higher sexual satisfaction as they grow older. So sometimes we say, well, you know what, your best sex is in your 20s. Not necessarily true. So I really like this research that helps us understand we control so much of these, so many of these variables that we're talking about. We control how much time and effort and attention we give to our relationship. If we allow it to get boring, it's, it's on us, right? We can do things that will help it stay passionate and new. Probably not every day, but you know, certainly as the years go by, we can make little tweaks that help us see each other anew, that allow us to grow as individuals, right? I'm not always going to be stuck in the phase of little children and changing diapers and wiping runny noses. At some point, my children grow older and I too change. And so we need to allow that within our sexual relationship. There's going to be changes that will be exciting, Shalom, what you're bringing up reminds me of other research about uh, sexual growth, like a mindset towards sexual growth. So an interesting study where, where they looked at couples who had a mindset toward sexual growth and they, they held the belief that you can work on your, on your sex life, that you control it, like you're saying, that you can, you can take a lot of responsibility for it and actually improve it. Um, and then they looked at a set of couples who believed that it was more or less uh, your sexual satisfaction was left up to sexual destiny. Like if you had found your soulmate and, you know, they found that the couples who believed that you can um, grow in your sexual relationship and in grow in your levels of passion, that you control that to, to a fairly high degree. There was a level at which, you know, if you're, simply so far mismatched it nothing could you know bridge that gap or whatever but but that if you believe that you can grow and um, improve your sexual relationship that they did the and they the couple stayed together longer they reported more satisfying sex uh, and so on so I think that's really important to think to think about and and tied back to what Amber said to think about kind of our beliefs about um passion and being passionate um, 
you know, in other areas of our life and growth and work, um, that that can, that can enhance our, our sexuality. Yeah, those are great ideas. I love, I'm going to read one more quote from um, Esther Perel. She talks about kind of creating or maintaining or, you know, if, if you've let passion really wane, how do you jumpstart that? And uh, here's, here's a couple of thoughts that she has on, on that topic. She says, um, you can see your partner as a man or, you know, you can see your partner as a woman, whichever it is, um, and, and start to see them as just an individual. Um, transform someone familiar into someone still unknown after all of these years. I love that. And then one last thought she has is the fragility of this manufactured equilibrium becomes obvious when one partner breaks the rules of the contrivance and insists on bringing more authentic parts of himself into the relationship. I think that's something that can really jumpstart a relationship that's, that's become a little monotonous. We've allowed the known to become uh, such a big part of the relationship that we need to create something that brings out some of the unknown. Maybe, maybe it's going to take a little work on our part to be that vulnerable or to encourage that from our partner, but to allow us at some deeper level to really expose ourselves to our partner and be seen. Um, and hopefully that happens from, you know, myself and my partner. Hopefully we're both um, engaged in bringing these deeper parts of ourselves to the surface so that we can know each other on a deeper level. Um, you know, we, we need to have this sense of familiarity with each other. That's important. I mean, if we were always giddy like we are at the beginning of our relationships, nothing would ever get done, right? So we do need to have this sense of, of the familiar in our relationship, but we have to blend it with a sense of unknown so that we keep that newness, so that we learn about each other on a deeper and deeper level. That's really the benefit of long-term relationships is that you're not keeping your relationship in this surface level. You're digging down and now you're knowing things about each other that very few other people, if anybody has ever known about, about your partner or about you. I always take it back to the self, but I just think, and in that process, you're going to have to continue to be getting to know yourself. Mm. You're going to have to be exploring. I think sometimes we Great don't want to feel the feelings that we're feeling or really get to know ourselves because it's kind of scary. But as we do, we do bring that authenticity to the table and it does, it just makes for such a stronger relationship as, as we're authentic, then our partner has more opportunity to be authentic. Um, and I think this fits with this um, article with Amy Muse as the lead author. And she talks about um, sexual desire can be enhanced through self-expanding activities, which is sort of what I was touching on before where, you know, trying something new and different that you think might, you might enjoy can really help you tap into who, who am I and who am I bringing to this partnership that I can share with, with my husband or my wife or whatever. That's a great thought. Um, my husband and I uh, started golfing together and I stink. 
I am a terrible golfer. And, uh, and it was funny, right? It helped us get to know each other on a different level than we had before. I had to be very humble and, and learn. And uh, he was very patient and a good teacher. But, um, you know, the, the roles would be reversed if it was ballroom dancing. Uh, he would be terrible and tripping over himself and I would have to be the the patient teacher so I think you're right Amber that just trying new things with each other even if it's not sexual right we're going to get to know each other in this deeper um, more authentic way well trying things with each other new things with each other and trying new things with yourself so that you can bring that back I think Esther Perel talks about that a lot sometimes we think we have to do everything together but in fact it's it's really more desirable when your partner has his own interests or her own interests and then when you come together you have something to talk about and something to share together yeah, great point you know I like the idea of just the importance of communicating with your spouse in a, a sexual kind of moment and also outside of a sexual encounter again in this in this article on on these couples who experienced great sex they really highly prized both nonverbal and verbal communication and i think that's got to happen um in the moment as well as outside the moment it can be um really, I think it would be an upside down kind of expectation to think I'm only going to have a sexual encounter with this person and therefore really know this person. Um, that, that this talking and this intimacy creating, that the sexual relationship is, is just another really unique and powerful part of that, but that you're building the relationship um, all, all along in, in all sorts of kind of scenarios, you know, on the golf course and, and getting to know each other in all sorts of ways. But I think that's a really important part is just high levels of communication. I love that. Well, let me end by, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, if this has happened in our relationship, we have some options. Um, you know, we can, we can leave the relationship. We can say, you know what, we've fallen out of love. And truthfully, that's, that's a lot of where our culture is going. And that's where our culture has taken us is that people believe that if things get boring, they've fallen out of love or we could take the option of staying committed and, uh, just kind of living these parallel lives with each other and just letting it be boring, just keeping this, you know, this status quo in our relationship. Um, or we could actually stay committed and explore the reasons why we might have lost some of this passion, some of this intimacy that, that we thought we would, you know, always have. It could be from neglect. It could be that our bodies are changing and so we've lost a little desire or it could be that we're experiencing some contention or some stress in the larger um, environment of our life. Um, and so here is where we can decide. This is a daily choice. We can study and learn about our partner, about ourselves like Amber so helpfully taught us that this is something that we can really dig down and learn to be intimate with each other. Um, we didn't have to do this before, and that's why it takes people by surprise. It takes people by surprise that they now have to be actively learning about yourself and about your partner. So this passion doesn't spontaneously grow. Uh, it's something that we have to nurture. We have to give the time and effort to 
now as we're getting to know each other at deeper and deeper levels. But it's worth it. I kind of like to, you know, use the little idiom, let lightning strike. You know, you create the right environment and then you let this magic happen where you're sharing things with each other that you yourself didn't even know you could share or that you could be that vulnerable. And this is what will create the passion, keep that eroticism in your relationship so that you can continue to see each other anew. That's it for this week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sexual Mindfulness Project and subscribe to our website, shalomlevitt.com to stay up to date with the latest information on sexual mindfulness. Thanks for listening.